The following podcast contains spoilers and adult language. Listener discretion is advised. The Showdown Podcast presents The Survivor Series with Corey Miller, Vic Miller, and Brad Scott. This week's episode, The Blair Witch Project. I just want to apologize to Mike's mom and Josh's mom and my mom. I am so, so sorry because it is my fault. Because it was my project. <laughs> the search of the three missing Montgomery College students continues in Frederick County tonight. Ten days and thousands of man hours have been unable to produce any clues. We have a few leads, a um, few other options we want to take advantage of and just try to put together some, uh, some pieces to this puzzle. Do you believe the occult may be involved in the disappearance of your son? I am so scared. Welcome to the Showdown Podcast. This is an award-winning podcast. Uh, today, as always, I am joined. I am uh, joined by uh, Vic, the Black Witch Project Miller, <laughs> Corey, that's me in the corner, Miller, and Brad, smoking that coffin rock, Scott. This is the showdown. It's a Survivor Series episode, and if you couldn't tell by the uh, the trailer there in the beginning, we are taking a look back at 1999's found found footage horror film, The Blair Witch Project, uh, written, directed, and edited by Daniel Myrick and Eduardo Sanchez, produced by Haxon Films, released under uh, Lionsgate, right? Or no, Artisan, excuse me, distributed by Artisan, and. Here's how I wanted to start out. Okay? Okay. I want to ask you this. Is this the most polarizing movie in the history of movies? Uh, Is there a movie that invokes more feelings one way or the other than The Blair Witch Project? I don't know. I don't really know how many people... I mean, outside of the horror community, how many people really... Uh, you know, think about this movie anymore. I'm throwing down roots. Fuck you guys. Ooh. <laughs> Most polarizing movie of all time. That's no, that's that's a good one. The original that's, or the remake? That might oh, <laughs> that might be Aces right there. Blair Witch. I'm just saying because okay, it's one of the. What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> Already. That's <laughs> one of those that's things racist. where it's one of those movies where when you ask people about it. 
they they have, it feels like they have very strong opinions one way or the other, and there doesn't seem to be. That's what I mean by polarizing. There's not a lot of middle ground. Yeah, I people either love it or hate it. I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen like you know it's a pretty good movie. Like it's either oh I hate that movie or oh no I really like that movie. Yeah, it's, it's usually one way or the other. There's no like middle ground for that movie whatsoever, as far as most people that I've talked to about it. But yeah, do you guys remember the? Do you remember the first time you heard about the movie? Not let's not get into watching the first time you heard about it because it's one of to me I think it's one of the most brilliant marketing campaigns in the history of maybe sales right. Well, think about it. I mean, when it comes down to it, making up something completely like bullshit and getting basically most of America to follow it, yeah, of course that's like the the fucking best thing ever <laughs> well here, here's another reason why i say it's possibly one of the greatest uh marketing strategies in the history of sales because they spent they had a sixty thousand dollar product that mainly due to marketing grossed them 248.6 million dollars <laughs> i don't know the math well but that's a lot that's a fucking lot oh, yeah um, i think one of the things that really helped it too is the fact that uh it's like 1.2 million profit or something like that the internet was just starting to come around at this time, too. So it's not like something people could now Google and be like, oh, wait, none of this shit really happened. Wait, hold on. First of all, did you just say it's a $1.2 million profit? Yeah. $60 million, right? $60,000. Oh, that was 60, the budget. $60,000. And it made $248.6 million. That's oh, what I'm Jesus. saying. Look at the... <laughs> look at what the investment was and look at what they sold it for. A lot of it's based on that marketing campaign because I could, and actually I do remember that's, going online. That's yeah. gotta be the internet most, was a little more popular than it, you're thinking. It, well, it wasn't as big as it is now. Well, no, yeah. of course not, but it it's on our fucking phones now. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. Um, but it was, it wasn't one of those things where people would now would just be like Googling everything and be like, Oh wait, none of this stuff really happened. No, no. But that's no, but that's the thing. They actually went and made a website and made all right. of, like they made up this whole thing and pro and like promoted it and like put out propaganda about it to try to make people think it was a real yeah. thing. Yeah. So and like they, they try I mean it's like the whole Slender Man thing. Like the Slender Man thing is kind of is kind of how I feel like this is this generation Slender Man, our generation Slender Man, because mm -hmm. like they did the same thing. Like the story was put was propagated, propagated until they uh, people started believing it, and then they made a movie about it. Because well, there was a mockumentary about it too, wasn't there? About Slender Man? No, about the Blair Witch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know that it was released. They put it out on video. I ended up actually this was on when it was still VHS. Uh, I know Blockbuster had had it uh, it was just a, on its own cassette and it was like this whole documentary i think i might might still have that i may have gotten rid of it though uh i didn't watch it i was just like oh wait i gotta have this just because you can't find it anywhere and i thought it'd be like a collector's item but uh, so you mean you have it and it's not open no 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 i bought it previously viewed oh okay. but she did. but yeah um that's the only way to buy things now or even then but uh, hey, but was, yeah, but yeah. I mean, the, the marketing behind the whole thing was great. It was a documentary on the Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where it was. From. Yeah, that's what. It is was. there is there a more successful marketing campaign in history? I'm trying to think of one. I don't think so. This has gone down. It's gone down as the like the most profitable independent film ever mm -hmm. created. So, I mean, right there, you've got something you can't dispute. <laughs> like, there's no arguing about that that point. And sure. yeah, I mean, I rem like I said, I remember hearing about it. I can remember seeing those first uh, previews 
and thinking that it was legit. I mean, I'm not very smart, and hell, I was <laughs> 17 at the time, so I believe I was like, "Fuck, they're gonna show us a murder on television." I am there. Um, so before we get into the movie, uh, little segment we have here at the showdown that we like to call uh, "Showdown Podcast History." And now, the showdown podcast history. All right, we've talked about how, where we were when we heard about the movie. Where were we when you saw it for the first time, Vic? Um, on TV. <laughs> on TV? Like on regular TV? TV. Like, yeah, regular TV is the first time I ever saw it. How long I ago? I didn't have a whole like I knew about it, but I didn't have a whole lot of like desire to see it. How long ago? Uh, I'd probably say like. 2001, an hour and a half 2002. Ago. Okay. Corey? Was it an hour and a half ago? Um, me, I saw it, uh, I think, opening weekend. Opening weekend? Yeah. I actually went to the theater and saw it and it was a big mistake. Uh, you don't know how this show works. No, no, no. It was a big mistake because as I watched it, I was getting sick. I was getting motion sick. Oh, we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks a lot, <laughs> fucking assholes. You know what? <laughs> I just reset time. <laughs> Um, I saw opening week. I followed the viral marketing campaign, saw opening weekend in the theater, and I'm a man, so I didn't get sick. <laughs> this has been the Showdown Podcast history. I'm a man. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Dick. <laughs> Vic does not understand how that segment works. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, let me. Uh, it was a cold day, and uh, <laughs> an unseasonally Look, cold day I'm in a July. Fuck you all. <laughs> yeah, but the idea is you give the history in like 15 seconds. All right, I'll try We're to working with about 45 for seconds. I'll pare it down There's next time. There's three of us, <laughs> plus the intro and outro. <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, we've all seen the movie. We just watched it again, refreshed our memories. And Vic, why don't you uh, lead us? All right. So, in October of 1994, film students Heather Donahue, Michael C. Williams, and Joshua Leonard set out to create their own documentary about the Blair Witch, a story about a uh, uh, hermit that lived in the, the, the woods of rural Maryland who kidnapped eight children in 1940, killed them, and started the legend, uh, and everyone is kind of pulled into this, this, uh, this legend of the Blair Witch. So they're going out as film students to create their own documentary about the, uh, the phenomenon that is the Blair Witch and find out what people think about it, and then to actually go to the sites that are talked about in the actual um, story. So they proceed to rural Maryland, and on the way they pick up their sound guy, um, who they had not met before, but were very happy to meet because he had all of the sound equipment that they needed to complete their, uh, their equipment uh, roundup uh, to film their movie. Now, one of the things that they wanted to do was to film this on, um, on a 16 millimeter camera, which gives them a like, grainy black and white dingy kind of feel to their uh, documentary. So they checked out one of those cameras and then they have a digital camera as well because she wanted to make the kind of behind the scenes documentary of their trip to do all this. Um, so once they've gotten together, they head out to uh, Maryland uh, to <clears throat> meet and talk to some of the people who claim to be experts about the Blair Witch. 
Um, when they get to the town, the first person that they talk to, uh, they start talking to just the general public in the area, people at the, the, the local store, things like that, after they, they've gone and picked up their supplies, their their uh, Vienna sausages and their marshmallows, which they're very excited about filming. Um, they talk to some of the locals, um, one of which is a mom and her daughter. <laughs> and they talk to her about uh, her, what she knows about the story. Uh, and the child gets visibly shaken as she's telling the story while she's picking her nose and promptly eating it and trying to feed it to her mother at the same time. <laughs> um, so the mom's telling them the story about what she knows about the Blair Witch. Um, and the daughter is getting all upset and she's like, Oh, don't worry, baby. It's, it's not real. And she looks at him and mouths. It's real. Um, and what she knows about it. They spoke with another gentleman, um, who told them that the actual story is, is not about the witch herself, but it's about the influence that the witch has on people. And then there's a guy who kidnapped seven kids took them to a house, took them into the basement, would put one in the corner facing the corner and would beat the other one to death. And the reason why he did it was because he could feel them watching him as they were, as he was killing the other kids. And then he would turn and grab the other kid and kill him too, him or her too. Um, so there's a couple of different stories inside of the story as to exactly what it is. Um, but they <clears throat> speak to a couple more people, one of which uh, is a woman by the name of Old Mary, who is uh, supposedly, you know, the local crackpot, and they go to her trailer. Um, I thought that bitch was the Blair Witch. <laughs> <laughs> she she like had it. that look. Yeah. If you, if you, you know, put a put a, uh, a pointed cap on her, paint her face green, and uh, throw, up to, throw a dog at her, she'd definitely make a witch. Um, but she tells him the stories that she knows about the, about the, the, the murders, um, and along with some Bible scripture quotes and, and a bunch of other craziness. And you find out that uh, the reason why she wanted to talk to her is because she said she was like a town historian, um, the, a preacher or something like that. Like she had all these different like what uh, credentials as to what she was. And was she, she was writing a book about the Blair Witch and all this stuff. Um, so they wanted to talk to her about it. Um, once they've talked to her, they start heading up towards the um, the supposed sightings of the Blair Witch, one of which was a place called Coffin Rock. And as they are going, they run across two fishermen that are on the side of the road. They're fishing in a sh upstream, which kind of <laughs> throws me a little bit. But they start talking to one of the guys who's younger. So there's younger guy and there's older guy. Younger guy's like, eh, it's full of shit. I don't care. It's, it's not real. Older guy's like, you young people will never learn. <laughs> he's like your typical like backwoods old curmudgeon. And he's like, it's a real story. And, you know, I saw it. It came rising out of the water upstream about 10 you know, feet. Well, you know, what's interesting is they were a lot of the people in the town were plants, but the actors didn't know. The actors thought they were just talking to real people in the town. Right. And some of them were actors and the actors also weren't aware. They knew the movie was fake, but they weren't aware that like that the legend was made up. They thought oh, really? that the legend part was real. Huh? Yeah. So that's why. And then there's a lot of other scenes, which we'll get to as they, they keep filming. But this was, this was another one of those was damn near a real documentary. Well, in certain ways, obviously. <laughs> Well, to them, I mean, I guess if they would thought they were actually filming a documentary, well, they they thought that they were acting about filming a documentary, but people were really telling them what they thought were stories. Okay, there. like the tent that. scene that we'll get to in a little bit. That's real. That's the director decided to say fuck it and fuck with them and yeah. shake the tent. So that's them really scared. Um, they and if you think about it, none of these people 
really showed up anywhere after this movie. So it's kind of instead of three student filmmakers, three student actors. <laughs> careers. Three three actors' careers wandered into the woods in Maryland only to never be heard from again. Yeah, and we'll get to that we'll get to that part later. Yeah. I have a weird thing about that also. Okay. But uh anyway. <clears throat> about Miss Doherty actually as it is. Um so as I was saying, like they're talking to the fisherman, he's explaining to them, you know, why Burkittsville is is haunted and how they believe that it's a it's a true thing. Um, and he explains to them you know, the older guy is like, well, the well the younger guy is like, well, this is what happened. This is what they say happens. He's like, oh no, it's all true. You know, ten ten you know about ten meters up the the river there, I saw her come rising out of the water and just levitate up and then disappear into the woods. So they you know, at that point they were kind of getting even more into into the actual story of it. Um, and, and what's going on. So they proceed a little further up the road um, until they get to a clearing where they park the car, um, and they set off on foot, backpacks, equipment in hand, um, to head for Coffin Rock. Now, she has this story that she's reading off. Um, I'm sorry, no, they, they, they go to, the, they go to the, uh, the, the graveyard first. Yeah, that was their first scene. Yeah. They stopped at the graveyard. That was their first scene. Um, and the, the graveyard was supposed to be um, the headstones of some of the kids that were murdered um, that they brought out of the woods when the when the guy um, uh, that was possessed by the Blair Witch killed the seven kids. Those were supposed to be the grave markers of those kids. Uh, so they went up there and kind of saw the grave markers and to, to, to start their story off there. Then they proceeded on up the hill to uh to see where they could get to uh and they they proceed into the woods they end up at coffin rock which the story is that they found um a bunch of men who had been disemboweled and their faces had been carved upon with runes uh i guess artist artfully drawn onto into their faces cut into their faces um and the guy that found them headed back to uh to town because apparently he's a much better uh, he's much better with a map than they are uh, so he heads back to town to tell them what happens and when they get back a couple hours later the bodies are all gone but they can still have the stench of it's another of Saturday death. night at Corey's right that's, that's right <laughs> the stench of death and men. buzzards everywhere at Corey's house um, so they go back and the bodies are gone so no that that's was... just their pet buzzard <laughs> <laughs> oh I forgot that you're you at the Miller Zoo if you yeah. listen carefully you can hear him <laughs> Circling the show, it's <laughs> <laughs> waiting it takes his on it breath. to die. <laughs> so um, they uh, they get to Coffin Rock and they're like, okay, well, let's head for the next um, point, which is the graveyard that the actual original kids were murdered by the Blair Witch. There's supposed to be a graveyard that has the bodies of those. Um, children in it so they start heading for what they believe is this graveyard and the only thing that they have to get them there is a map an actual it looked like know, a fucking like a like a children's placemat from a restaurant <laughs> where there's a maze that you help a hamburger find his way to you know to cheese mountain yeah it, all they needed was the cra- the yellow crayon the funny thing about th- that i thought about that map is you're in the woods so it's not like it's going to be anything uh, any any uh, landmarks on the map? Well, it was it was a topographical rock. It was a well, actual that would be it. It was an actual topographical map though, so it's got all the rivers and all the stuff on the map. It wasn't like an atlas map. It was a topographical map, like an actual map for walking around in the woods if you know how to read it. If this movie just would have waited fifteen years, they could have just used their cell phones. 
It's another one of those instances. 15 years. You just got a cell phone in 2014, Grandpa? <laughs> yes. I'm late to the party, as always. <laughs> so, All right. Vic gets back on track. <laughs> All right. So uh, they, they, they're heading for the, uh, for the, the second burial site, um, and they are actually getting kind of frustrated with, uh, with uh, Miss Doherty, the leader of the expedition, because she doesn't seem to really know what she's doing with the map, and the two guys aren't real comfortable with you know, her direction. So they're starting to get kind of pissed off. And saying that they, they, they don't think she knows where to go and she's leading them the wrong way. Um, so they decide to stop for the night, hunker down, and wait until morning to start fresh when everybody's calmer. So they, you know, they, they, they start a fire. They start roasting some marshmallows and Vienna sausages. And, and uh, By the way, uh, executive producer Molly Smith thinks she would have been most afraid of was that marshmallow scene uh, uh, when, when they're in the supermarket. Executive producer Molly Smith is terrified of marshmallows. Of marshmallows? Yep. Yep. If you if you put a marshmallow on a stick and put it near her, she will freak out. What happened? Don't know. Is there like a backstory as to she what just, happened? The texture just... freaks her out. And, but she can eat one if it's burnt and smashed onto a s'more. <laughs> <laughs> but she can't be around regular marshmallows and be near them or anything else. <laughs> yep. That's hilarious. <laughs> I actually have a friend who's who his fear is, um, and I don't know if it would be a fear, but he literally cannot stand cotton balls. Mm. And if you rub two is cotton he, balls together, is he black? No, <laughs> <laughs> he is not. <laughs> but if you rub two cotton balls together, it literally will throw him into a fucking furious rage because that noise the cotton makes when it rubs mm-hmm. together, he's done. Okay, I may have the weirdest one. I had an ex girlfriend one time. Uh, who asked you to cover yourself in marshmallow and roll around? No. Uh, uh, who was afraid of the Smurfs? Okay, that's the little Smurfs. blue cartoon character. The three Fucking apple terrified. guys. Yep, terrified. Three apples. Too terrified of them. Now let me ask. How does that happen? Don't know. Some childhood thing. I want to go back to the Molly and and the uh, marshmallows. Does does the end of Ghostbusters freak her out? Oh yeah, I don't think she's ever watched. It. <laughs> <laughs> can she? Okay, then can she eat a uh, trick cereal? I think those marshmallows she's okay with. I think it's just the big white fluffy the big ones. White fluffy ones. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, that means she's never enjoyed hot cocoa and marshmallows. That's uh, horrible. I don't. I don't think so. No. Huh. Yeah, she's missing out on life. All right, so um, they're that's, wandering around. That's marshmallow talk on the show. <laughs> Where are we at, Vic? Okay, so the group camps for the night. Next are you sure this is where we're supposed to be? Uh, yeah. Okay, go ahead. I don't think so. Go they ahead. Ca- go they, ahead. They, they hiked to Coffin Rock. I think we're supposed. I to think we've already, no, we've, we've already talked guys. about Coffin Rock. What? We've already been here. We've already been. No, down there. we've already I been to this part of the story. I, I'm moving on past Coffin. Rock. Okay, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Just, past Coffin just, Rock. I trust Vic. There. Vic always leads us through. Go ahead, Vic. All right. So eventually, they 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 figure out where they're going. At least she says she figures out where they're going. Um, and they're trying to find their way to Hang the old on. cemetery. I hate you. What happened? What? What did you just say? I said it's just like Heather. God! You don't know how to just let a joke organically develop. Why did you have to point that out? It's supposed to be subtle. Nobody else is supposed to hear that. You, you said it into the microphone. <laughs> the thing that's recording you. I can't get to this fast enough. <laughs> Jesus, that was going to be so funny later on. 
Oh, that may be your worst one ever. Oh, my God. It was going so perfect. And did you see, Vic? Did you see how I could smell him? I could smell him fucking it up. So I was just immediately like, yeah, Vic, go ahead. Go ahead. We trust him. He's led us before, which is the joke. People, I'm sure, were even getting it. But we could have moved on and brought it up later, and it would have been even funnier. But instead, you have to go in and go, Ooh, just like other. That's me hitting my head on the mic. Is that to really say that you're not? <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm just going to give you a barrage of them, even from my other show. I'm just going to hit you with, I'm just going to hit you with just bad sound. <laughs> even ones that don't make sense. Okay. So, Vic, where were we? Yes. Uh, shall we continue? Let's go on. All right. So, the next day, they move on deeper into the woods. Despite being uncertain of their location, because they are not trusting in each other's ability to read this map, um, uh, they appear to be where the old cemetery is supposed to be, where the, the kids were supposed to be buried. Um, so, they get kind of uh, down on themselves, and they hunker down for the night. Um, they set up their tent. Um, they have some food, they go to bed for the night and they freak the fuck out because they hear things going on outside. It's like the, it's like the twigs breaking, right? Like, yeah, it actually snapping or something. It sounded like a tree falling in the fucking woods. Yeah, but but it was all around them. Yeah, it was everywhere. And it's one of those things where like, you know, around here you're used to hearing just random things because they're so much so close. But you have to remember where they're at, there's nobody for miles, just force. Right. So hearing things like that would be kind of freaky. And it's it's coming from multiple directions. And yeah. It's the same sound from multiple directions, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because it's not like a deer or something. Yeah, because you, you would hear it, then you would hear it somewhere else. But they're like, it's the same noise being heard from mm-hmm. different directions. And that's freaking them out. Um, and they, they literally just like cower inside of their tent. Um, the first night, because they don't know what the hell to, to think of it. They also, well, they, they, they get up in the morning, they start talking about it, and they they just decide to stay in the tent and not to look. That was a smarter thing to do. I think this movie works better if you watch it in the dark. I was thinking about that while we were watching it, like, because it was daylight still. So we had, like, I mean, you know, even though it wasn't a sunny day today, it was, like, it was honestly, it was, like, a Blair Witch Day. <laughs> um, like... If it's really dark, like if we were to watch it now with all the lights off and stuff, I feel like that does add to the effect. This is one of those movies, especially with all the black and white scenes. Um, Just because when it's lighter, it's almost even kind of harder to... It just looks like the screen's black, you know? Whereas you can kind of get more into it if everything's black around you. What if you were to watch it at a drive-in? I think that would be a good one. Or if you set up... uh, Like an outdoor showing in the woods? Yeah. That would be cool. That was going to be my other thing, is. Yeah, that would be a good. That would be a really good environment for this because this is one of those movies where yeah, like kind of the atmosphere adds to it. Um, well, if you could set it up so they like when they first go into the woods to sit down and watch the movie, none of those little fucking stick people are there, and then when they like they turn on the lights, there's like fucking. Stick <laughs> it'd be so badass. <laughs> um, oh, and by the way, yeah, your uh, your whole motion sickness bullshit. Uh, is that was it? Was it? Are you sure it was the Blair? 
Which project that did that to you, or did you eat something against your gluten allergy? It, it, uh, I don't think it, it affected his weak constitution. <laughs> now I did eat. I we did eat out at a restaurant beforehand, but I think that was more so. This was because this was one of the first um, found fudge movies uh, that you know that I had seen, uh, especially in a big screen. I think that's what did it more so than anything. You just weren't used to it? Yeah, I think now, like, because of all the Paranormal Activity movies, I'm used to it. Well, but here's the thing with the Paranormal Activity movies. Those were normally stationary cameras. Right. But I hate when people, like, shit on this movie because they go, well, I can't watch it. It makes me sick. It's like, you could now because, honestly, like, how many videos do you fucking watch on your phone? Let me me explain that. With with him saying that, though, my wife, who... My wife. Honestly, like in the car, she she has to be very careful about where what she's doing because she does literally get motion sickness, like even driving in the car. So these kind of movies she won't watch, like she can't watch them at all. Like and has I don't think has ever seen this movie honestly, um, except for bits and pieces of it because it does literally make her vomitous if she's if she sees it. So like that does cause a problem for her. Yeah, and and another you know, vomit uh, along those lines too. <laughs> Um, I've been playing Call of Duty again lately, some of the older versions of it, and just watching somebody else play... That it kind of gives you that same feeling too, because you kn- they know where they're going to go, but you don't. So your eyes are going one way, but they go another. So it kind of fucks with you. I, I don't just, have that problem. I just imagine during Call of Duty, Corey's guy is just like behind a bunker, going, "I'm so scared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Mom. I'm so scared. I never should have bought this game, but had 325 and a hammer. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Black hammer." <laughs> I had 25 kills. Did you know they did a, uh, somebody did a, like, they, they did an image stabilization of this movie? So they took out all the, like, jerky camera movements? No. That I saw that out? online somewhere. I don't know. I haven't seen it, but I saw that online somewhere. Hmm. That would be interesting to watch, right? Would, would it be, do you think it'd be almost a whole new movie? I can't imagine what it would or look like. Or you'd end up just seeing, like... The director throwing shit at him in the background because it was they're like, ah, oh, shaky. Nobody will see us. Yeah, I, I can't imagine what that would look like, to be honest. All right. Well, this is going nowhere. So, yep. Vic, why don't you get us back into the story? <laughs> so um, once they found it, once they set up for the second. So the second would have been a perfect, by the way, would have been a perfect time to even start a little bit more of the. Oh, come on, Vic. Where are we supposed to be? You know, like would have been so good. But no, go ahead. <laughs> so the second night they um, they set up to. Uh, they, they set up looking for this little small cemetery that they've been looking for. And they finally come across the seven markers that's supposed to represent this, uh, this grave site. Um, and these grave sites are called cairns. I think she says they are or something like that, um, which are small piles of rocks that are designed to, to act as grave markers. So they figure that they're in the right spot. There's seven of them. There were seven kids that died. Um, so they move off a little ways and they set up camp again. Um, and in the midst of this, uh, they actually kick over one of the, uh, the little, the, the grave plots. Um, I think Josh kicks over one of the grave plots and uh, the chick, which I can't remember. I can remember her name sometimes, and other times I can't. But Heather. Okay. Heather. Oh, oh, that's right. It's Heather. Heather get freaks out and restacks the rocks, you know, out of respect for the dead. Um, and they move off to set up camp for another night because they want to come back and film at night and kind of see what the the atmosphere with the you know supposed 
you know, spirits and that kind of thing. Um, so they go back to, uh, after they get set up for the night, um, they return to the graveyard area and they start hearing sounds again all around them. They hear noises. They, they're not sure what it is. It's freaking them out. They start hearing the, the, the cracking of the wood again, um, which again, doesn't sound like just snapping of twigs on the ground. It sounds like trees being ripped out of, you know, out of the ground and broken apart. Um, so they're really kind of freaking out. They're yelling at each other. They're trying to figure out what to do. They're freaking out. They run back to their tent. They jump in, they zip it shut. And they're like, all right, we're going to hide in here again tonight. And, uh, they, they proceed to go to sleep. So wait, was this the one where the, the tent starts moving? First night was the night the tent started moving. No, 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 it was, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It was the night after this. Um, but they, they hear the noises and everything and they, um, in the morning when they, they come out, they decide to come out, they come out, um, no, I'm sorry. They came out when they heard the noises. They actually were running around in the woods looking for people, trying to figure out what was going on. When they couldn't find anybody, they went back to the tent and went back to bed. Uh, when they got up in the morning, three of the cairns were around their tent. Mm -hmm. So they were in the middle of three grave markers that weren't there the night before. And they were like, are you sure they weren't there? And she's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I, we would have noticed that there were three more of these things sitting here. There was only seven of them in the first place. How the hell would we have set up in the middle of this and not noticed it? Mm -hmm. And they weren't like just like three little rocks. There was like a very like pyramid-shaped stack of rocks. So something had to have done it. Um, so they're, they decided to, to just pack the fuck up and get the hell out of there. Um, and as they're getting all their stuff together, um, Heather realizes that she doesn't have the map anymore. She's not sure what she did with it. Dora lost the map. <laughs> <laughs> I just have that fucking song stuck in my head now. You found the children's graves. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> you Make did it. Make a turn that big coffin rock. <laughs> we did it. We did it. <laughs> swiper, no swiper. <laughs> swiper swipes Josh. <laughs> swiper swiped the map. <laughs> so she's freaking out. Um, they, they go into the blame game. She says she had it. And then she said that she gave it to, to Michael. Michael said he gave it back to her. She's like, no, you didn't. He's like, yes, I did. They're all freaking out. Josh is mad. Everybody's pissed off at each other. And they basically just put on their shit, huff and puff, and start walking in a random direction to try to find their way out of the woods. Um, they are Into the woods. at the point where they just want to give up and go home, um, and she still wants to record. They just want to get the fuck out of there. Um, so they start walking. They find a river. Uh, they cross the river over a, a, a down tree, um, try to make it over to uh, to another part of the, the woods, and they continue traveling. Um, and this whole time, they they believe that they're going in the right direction um, because they have a compass, but they're obviously not because they end up back at the river again, um, which starts a whole other fight uh, in which Josh then proclaims, I kicked it into the river. It was me. No, that was Michael that said that. Oh, was it Michael? Yeah, yeah it I got was it Michael. So, okay, so Michael's like, I kicked it into the river. <laughs> which starts a whole new fight. Yeah. So Which and by the way, like the whole thing of them going in circles is the witch is fucking with them. Like right. you realize that. Corey didn't while that's, we were that's watching. That's the point of it. Yes. Yeah. However, I'm still at, I still have my issues with the fact that they weren't smart enough to do what I, apparently I thought everyone knew this. I did honestly, not. No. Okay. I was I was always told and I'm was born in Jamaica, Queens, New York. I lived in Philadelphia and in Orlando most of my life. So I'm a city guy. And I was told the couple times that I went on a camping trip, it was like, yeah, hey, if you get lost, find a body of water and just follow it because 
everything builds things on water. So if you're going to find civilization, it's going to be on that on that lake or that or that river or whatever it is. You're going to find some someone to help you. So I'm going, why the fuck don't they just follow that damn creek to wherever it goes? They're going to come across something. And that's exactly what I said the first time I saw it. But just follow the river. <laughs> but what I said is I wouldn't have fucking known to do that. But did, oh, but did you go to, to uh, camp as a kid? A few times. Okay. So you guys didn't do any of that stuff like camping outdoors and no not really oh see that's see that's where i learned it just follow, i don't even think i learned it at camp i think someone just told me like if you ever get lost follow a fucking river somewhere <laughs> well i grew someone up just well, remember who it was told you aside just <laughs> i have friends you have friends that like camped and that kind of shit and i just remember a conversation where they said that like I yeah, see, and like i said if that's ever been told to me it made no impact on me because first <laughs> i was like trust me like, i'm not about it. i'm not gonna camp enough to where i'm gonna get lost <laughs> And I'm not going anywhere. Like, I'm not going that far into the woods. Into the woods! Brad said, why the hell would I go camping? There's nothing out there. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> That's trees. the point I fucking camping. hate camping. I hate camping. You don't like nature? No. <laughs> cool. You know when I'm cool camping? When there's an air-conditioned cabin with fucking cable. Oh, you have to or go satellite. glamping. Yeah. What they call glamping. Yeah. But call it what you want. I call it comfortable. <laughs> no, I don't know. Because you're a man. No, I've done the camping thing. Like in high school and college, we used to go, uh, you know, camping with girls and stuff like that. And even then, that's, I hated that's because... That's not camping. That's, because what, that's getting tail at a bonfire. Yeah. <laughs> Still, yeah. though, but we had tent. We set up tents. And everything else. You were pitching tanks. And, uh... uh <laughs> He's got jokes. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you got them both. <laughs> um, yeah, like... He, so, uh, here's what I remember. Every goddamn time, I'd end up sleeping in a tent where somebody... Because, like, aren't you supposed to not touch the inside of a tent because then it'll leak? Because, like, the oil on your hands or some shit? Nope. <laughs> That's not a thing. Somebody told me that. Um, but I'd always be in a tent that leaked anyway. You remember that, but she and, never heard. Yeah. I, remember. <laughs> yeah. I remember apparently this bullshit advice, camping advice someone had given me about how the oil in your hands will actually make it leak through. Um, but That's some weak vinyl on that tent. But I just remember like every time I went camping, it would always fucking rain. Then it would be rainy, cold, wet. I'm sleeping in a fucking wet sleeping bag uh, with no pillow. And like, uh, just all I just always remember, I would always end up in someone's car in the back seat. <laughs> By the end of the After like two hours, like, wait, like yeah, I'd, I'd fall asleep for like twenty minutes and wake up and realize, holy shit, it's still only like three a.m. <laughs> and nobody's gonna be up for like seven hours. And then I'd always end up wake up in the back seat of a car. Uh, that so still happens today, folks. <laughs> no, it doesn't. You know why? I'm thirty four years old. I don't fucking go camping. <laughs> Last time I did, I slept in an RV. I didn't say it was because you were camping. No, okay. <laughs> Just waking up in the back yeah. seat of the car. That does still There happen. you go. <laughs> so moving back on, um, uh, then they come across those stick figures, right? Yes. Yeah, the effigies that were hanging from the, uh, from the, all over the place, like different sizes, different shapes, moss covered. Like they were just like triangle men effigies of people hanging from the trees, um, and they were running through trying to. Uh, they, they were they were amazed and afraid at the same time, freaking the fuck out. Um, and they ended up running through several of them and breaking them, which um, I guess is taboo on itself. Also, uh, to do things they're like just that. fucking up right and left. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they're they're sticking their shit in it all over the place. 
Um, so they. Um, <clears throat> then this was the night, right? Yes, this was the night. Where that was to me one of the creepiest scenes in the whole movie. Right. It's kind of hard to hear because Corey has it on twenty, and I'm sitting right in front of the Shark Tank. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the part where uh, you hear the kids, right, like laughing. So and yeah, so they they all they they're mad. They don't know what to do. Um, they get frustrated. They decided that they're going to go to bed. They start off fresh in the morning and just head south. Um, so they set up their tents. They get in. Um, they're sewing their ripped clothes and um, talking about shit. Uh, and <clears throat> they go to bed. Uh, and then they start hearing noises. And they don't know what it is. They it sounds like kids. Again, they start hearing the trees cracking again. They start, you know, they, all of a sudden their tent just starts rumbling and shaking and flipping the fuck out, um, which throws them into a tizzy. They grab their cameras and stuff and run out of the tent, um, flipping out, and uh, there's nothing out there. Um, except for one of the broken effigies is right outside the tent to the left of them when they come out of the tent. They, well, in the morning they find that there's an effigy out there which kind of tells them maybe this happened because of that. Um, but they're, they're freaked out even worse now. So this is what going on day four and they've had no food, no, no real, uh, no real um, <clears throat> contact with anyone. And they're just trying to get out and they, well, when they go back that next morning, they find that uh, Josh has ectoplasm all over his yeah, stuff. What did he call it? He called it um, moose jelly. <laughs> He's like, why is this moose jelly all over my stuff? <laughs> Which, in terms of the film uh, itself, it was actually KY jelly. Thank you. You're welcome. So the uh, only fucking thing you've done right this show. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. So uh, he's he's flipping out at this point. He's like, why is this shit all? It's only on his stuff. It's not on anybody else's. Um, but I think the idea is that he kicked over the stones. Yeah. And. I don't know. He may have been the one that broke the effigy. So he's just fucking up left and right himself. So they're after, it's after him. Whatever it is is after him. Um, and they start freaking out. Um, and he runs off. He just disappears, right? Is he the one that disappears? No, no, no. They keep walking. Remember, they walk around, and then that's when they realize they've come to a circle. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then they're all like are freaking out, and he's all depressed and shit. Then they go to bed, and then the next morning they realize he's gone. Right. And that's when they're just basically they're screaming, yelling, trying, for to, him, find trying him. to find yeah. him. Yeah, and that's they get through basically they go through an entire day of just wandering around, yelling for him, so trying to find him. They don't, and then um, they they camp out one more night. Yep, and the next morning she wakes up and finds a stick present. Yeah, like a, it was a box made out of sticks. And she gingerly grabbed it because it was tied. I tell you what, I know that feeling. That's uh, that's me. Getting a mysterious knock on my door from the UPS guy because I got drunk and ordered four cases of high ecto cooler. <laughs> You're like, who's at the door? Yeah, that's his. It's like what he's bringing me. I'm like, oh. yes. What do you got? Can't tell anybody about it. Wait, what do you got? Because I didn't order anything. <laughs> uh, so you have four cases of ecto cooler here. Just need your signature, please. <laughs> Even he didn't know what it was. <laughs> he's like, um, could you just what a the box fuck from Walmart, bro? Um, so yeah, they, what's inside this package, Vic? What's in the box? They don't actually open it. She actually takes it gingerly and sets it behind the tent and ignores it at first, even though it's wrapped in his, in his, uh, his, his I get it though. She's probably because she knew Mike was right there and he was waiting (coughs) on her. So she probably, she knew he was already gone. She knew he already gone crazy. Right. 
So she was kind of like, she's trying to hold it together herself. She probably didn't want to see. She kind of knew, I bet. Don't you think? I mean, you had all to this know fucked up shit. Like, yeah, there had to have been something there because it was like I said, it was wrapped in his. His shirt had been ripped in the strands, mm-hmm. and it was tied shut with his shirt. Um, so they went down to the river, and they were looking a little bit more for him in the morning. And when while that was going on, she went back to the tent and opened up the package, which was a little box made out of the sticks. Like I said, she opened it up, and there was another piece of his shirt inside of it. And then she opened that up, and teeth. Mm-hmm. And some hair. And some hair. A clot, like a clump with some flesh attached to it. Mm-hmm. And That's what that was. That wasn't soaked. a tongue. That was flesh. Yeah, it was blood soaked, um, which she got all over her hands. Once she realized what it was, she flipped out. She ran down to start washing her hands in the river. And he's like, where are you? What's going on? And she's like, nothing. I'm fine. I'm just washing my hands. I'll come down here. Uh, and she goes up. I just need to put my gloves back on and uh, take a deep breath and I'll be all right. Then and, uh, and then we cut to uh, one of the most iconic uh, scenes in movie history. Yeah, really copied a number of times. Par- yeah, parodied several times, yeah. and that is, of course, the uh, the famous Blair Witch apology. I just want to apologize to Mike's mom and Josh's mom and my mom. And I'm sorry to everyone. I was very naive. I am so, so sorry for everything that has happened. Because in spite of what Mike says now, it is my fault. Because it was my project. And I insisted. I insisted on everything. I insisted that we weren't lost. I insisted that we keep going. I insisted that we walk south. Everything had to be my way. And this is where we've ended up. And it's all because of me that we're here now. Hungry. Cold. And hunted. I love you, Mom. Dad. I'm so sorry. Spoof that, and it like was like fifty of them. No, but there was one where I think it was. Oh, she had like a huge scary movie. Snot, right? That's it. Yeah, it was scary a scary movie, scary right? Movie. Okay, I was thinking it was one of those. Uh, the SNL, SNL did a great uh, parody because they kept they opened up. It was the the I think probably two thousand or ninety no ninety nine when it came out when they came back that fall. They're like everybody wanted to know what were we gonna do with the Blair Witch parody. 
He's like, but it's just been done to death, so we're not going to do it. But here's some footage uh, that we found, and then it's <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, so good. Um, so yeah, they uh, we get the big apology. Now, right after that is where it kind of picks up, and that's where uh, we start hearing Josh's voice screaming out for help. Yeah, because it was starting to get a little long in the tooth. Mm-hmm. It was turning into uh, Harry Potter. The, the seventh, sixth, and seventh episode <laughs> yeah. where they're just walking around in the woods, sleeping in tents, getting mad at each other. <laughs> I was waiting for one to have to trade off the Horcrux, yeah. uh, but it didn't happen. So uh, they, uh, Josh and Heather, proceed to um, Mike and Heather. Yes, it's Mike. And Josh Heather. is the one that's been missing. That's Josh who they're chasing after. Okay, so they're, they're Heather and Mike are looking for Josh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, they keep hearing the voice. Yeah, all you white people look alike to me. Um, so <laughs> she runs downstairs. <laughs> that's racist. What the f- is going on here? <laughs> they go. They go looking for uh, for Josh. I uh, got it now. Heather and Michael go looking for Josh, um, and they're still not able to find him. But they did hear more of his agonizing screams and yells um, as the night progressed. So they start looking for him again the next night, trying to find out where he is. And they come across an old abandoned house um, that looks like it hasn't been touched in decades um, in the middle of the woods. Um, and they hear him again, so they go into the house. They can't tell where it's coming from. So, like, sensory deprivation, like, when it's dark and everything is the same around you, you can't really tell. They say you can't tell directionality of things. So I'm guessing that that's what they were, like, saying was happening. Is just everything was so chaotic that their brain could not focus on where the sound was coming from. Mm-hmm. So they ran upstairs to, like, the third floor of this old derelict house, which I would not have done because I'm pretty sure I would have fallen through those steps as old as that <laughs> like I'm coming by. Ah! <laughs> so they head upstairs, uh, and you see as they're going up because they have the, the two camera views. You have uh, Michael has the digital camera or the the actual color recorder, whatever. Yeah, the hell that wasn't was. digital. No, yeah, digital. <laughs> I was and, wondering why you said that earlier. I didn't, but I didn't know enough to like correct yeah. you. I was like, I think that's a VHS one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was a Probably micro. So, yeah. I mean, it was it was a dat recorder. But it was like one of the smaller ones. Yeah. It was like the end of the VHS recording era. Yeah. yeah. So uh, they're heading up with that one, and they have the uh, the 16 millimeter rolling at the same time. They're running up the stairs, and you see a lot of stuff on the walls. You see little handprints all over the wall um, as they're going up the stairs, and then as they turn around, because Michael realizes that the sound is actually coming from downstairs, he turns around and runs down the stairs, and Heather, who cannot apparently keep up with him, starts slowly jogging down the stairs, um, and you also see those so-called runes that were written all over the uh, the men's faces on the rock are also written into the wall um so they head downstairs um michael goes into the basement and i'm struggling trying to remember this dude's name for whatever reason so michael runs in the basement because he's still hearing josh's screams um and he gets down in the basement and he goes you know you see his camera drop to the floor after he enters the basement that was him oh Through me. I really thought I saw. I was like, I thought I got it right that time. I thought he did something wrong. <laughs> no, that was, was from Mike. Right? So he drops the camera, hits the ground, um, and you don't see anything. And then you hear her running down the stairs, which we figured out. And I, I was always thrown by this, too, because Corey even said something, but it didn't dawn on me until you actually said it. Like, like I was going to say, you're using off. the word we pretty liberally there. Huh? I was going to yeah. say, you're using we figured it out me pretty liberally. Me and Corey. So, like, I, I, what I remember watching going, what the fuck is wrong with the sound on this thing? And then, 
you said like that that did the uh, the the 18 millimeter doesn't have sound mm-hmm. it's like son of a bitch so you're makes hearing so much the sound through mike's camera right basically. you're hearing it through mike's camera as she's coming down the stairs which it's it's really muffled well that's weird. what you were saying that's why because when she's upstairs running he's you're only picking up the audio from a floor down Right. Right. So it's going to sound like it's a little echoey and weird. Well, what he was talking about, though, is like when you're screaming, when you scream like, ah, you your body, your motion screams with you. Your but, body screams with you. But and you didn't it didn't transition is what yeah, he was. But I, OK, again, and you guys said there was no I'm pretty sure there was a light on that camera. So maybe she's holding the camera like this, like a flashlight for her. Maybe that's why it was. It looked that way. Maybe. I don't know. I I just I just think that the actions from the camera did not um, weren't what the weren't, weren't the actions that somebody that's screaming like she was. But it, but it was though. They were being more. Frantic. She was actually using that camera and screaming, so it kind of was the actions of someone I, screaming. Yeah, I know. It just it was just weird. It was just kind of. A but you can't vibe. say that it's not the actions because it literally was. That's how they made it. Yeah, but they, they didn't bring the director in to shoot no, no, that no, last no. one. No, I mean for the sake of the movie that we're watching, they could have gone back and added her her screaming later, which didn't. didn't. Why they just went with the actual footage? I know it just didn't. It just didn't. So you'd that. rather them think, <laughs> because because the reality wasn't good enough for you and how you thought it should have been. They should have faked the reality to make it closer to a reality the, the cam- for you. I think the camera. I think the camera movements should have been a lot more frantic than they were. Yeah. That one's for you. Am I in the corner now? <laughs> so continue. So uh, she goes down the stairs. She's screaming for Michael, and, and she gets downstairs. She kind of looks in the one corner, see if he's there, and she turns and looks in another corner. She's there, doesn't see him. She comes around the last final corner, and she sees Michael standing with his face in the corner. and Like the legend. Exactly as it was told in the legend. And then you see her camp hits the floor. <laughs> bam! 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 Go down! <laughs> I knew. <laughs> it's the best sound effect we have. I need to make that a regular sound effect because that's so good. And uh, yeah. that's the end of the movie. That's what we get. Very creepy mo- ending, though. Because you, you because here's the thing. If you've... That's why I said I think this is a good movie to watch in the dark where you can kind of suspend more disbelief and, uh, you know, kind of get into it more because you've been with these people now through the journey when you're a little more engaged in it. Right. And you know, they're die- like, you know, that you just watched the last moments of their life, that they're going to die. Mm. I think that ending is better than the alternate endings they had. On the I list. like the hanging one. I thought that was really creepy, but I do think that one made a little more sense to the story. Yeah, the hanging didn't make any. Which, sense. by the way, if yeah, if you watch the there's all there's, well, the hanging did make sense because all those effigies were hung by the neck. It's true. Oh, that's true. So they there is three different alternate endings. One of them is just basically the same ending with those effigies hanging up everywhere mm-hmm. in the room, and then the other one is him facing forward, which was a little creepy in a way because he's just like staring. But um, then there's the one of him being hung by a rope and then there's one of him levitating right which still uh, draws into the story because there was the, the guy the fishing guy said that that they, one of the legends was that it was a woman the the girl that had made it back in the beginning one of the legends they were talking about one of the girls had escaped and was, was talking gibberish about a woman oh, in the whose, woods feet, that, whose feet never, never touched, touched the, the ground, ground yeah so I mean, it's it's all kind of I guess an idea like one way of doing the end of the story based on what the 
um, what the the legends were, mm-hmm. but it didn't if you're going exactly. For creepiness, match the up. one that they used was yeah. the best one. I was I felt bad though because I used to put my kids in corners like that. Like when they were bad, it'd be like go get in the corner and murder <laughs> the other one, <laughs> and beat the other one, and then grab the other. Yeah, that's horrible. I was a terrible father when I was. <laughs> All right, and on that note, let's go. Uh, let's go to commercials, and we'll come back with the verdict. Tickets are on sale now for the third annual Shocktober in Irvington presented by the Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Join the hosts of the Obsessive Viewer on October 14th, 2016 at the Irving Theater for a one-night event screening of short horror films, including the premiere screenings of J.P. Lex The Roman the latest entry in his cross-medium Elsewhere World universe, as well as the latest slasher from Snapshot Productions and Billy and Brandon Watch Movies. All of this, and so much more. Come celebrate the horror genre in the historic Irvington area, and get a chance to meet the filmmakers with live interviews after each screening. You can also win DVDs, Blu-rays, and gift cards to Irvington businesses. Tickets are on sale now at shocktoberinirvington.com. All proceeds will go directly to the Irvington Historical Society. And we will see you at the Irving Theater on October 14th. That is, if you dare. It's spooky commercial time. Corey? Where can the people find you? You can find me. Go stand in the corner. Vic, Fuck. where can the people find you? You can find me <sighs> at MillerKing51 on social media or on Xbox One and gaming as Black. That's B-L-A-Q and Angry. Black and Angry. All right, Corey. You can stay in the corner. Fuck. You can find me at BradScottComedy.com links to social media on the website or find me on Twitter and Instagram at Brad Scott Comedy and comedian Brad Scott on Facebook. Also follow the showdown on Twitter and Instagram at the showdown pod and click like on the showdown podcast on Facebook. Somebody should. Okay, Corey, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter. You're going to probably have to speak up, buddy. You're the lowest one of us. We can do the low voice and still be audible. You cannot. (laughs) Talk normal. It'll sound like you're doing the cool whisper voice. (laughs) (laughs) You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at NKOGonzo. All right. Let's get back to the show. Now, back to our program. Those fingers in my hair That sly come hither stare That strips my conscience bare It's witchcraft We are back! Want to give a special and thank you to the I've Obsessive no Viewer Podcast for sponsoring uh, portions of the show today. Check out the Shocktoberfest on October 14th in Irving, or Shocktober Irvington, October 14th. And again, a big special thank you to the Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Give them a uh, subscribe and a listen and a follow. 
Um, tell them we sent you. Yeah, tell them Vic sent you. Um, put it all on me, huh? <laughs> blame yeah, the black guy. You if you, if you, a, you lose followers, blame him. <laughs> what a what a weird out of tone song to come back from the commercials to. A little Frank Sinatra here. That's right. It's a, it's a Witchcraft. Last from your childhood. Right? We are yeah. really stretching for songs about witches. <laughs> so we have been talking about the Blair Witch Project, 1999 smash hit, one of the biggest movies of all time, one of the highest grossing films in history as far as a budget to dollar ratio. Uh, where'd my little cool fact go? I believe it's uh, they made one dollar. For every ten, or they made ten thousand dollars in change for every dollar they spent on the movie. Jeez, that's insane. So that's what, like, they made ten thousand percent of their investment. And they actually, that camera that she used, they got at Circuit City and, and returned, returned it. it. That's so gangster. <laughs> that's, that's why so Circuit City's gangster. out of business right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. They, they've got uh, they've got return policy, much like Coles does. Yeah, well, they'll just take back anything. Yeah, doesn't even have to be theirs. Yeah, um, it's Walmart's policy now too. <laughs> yes, I just act your joke. And well, I, now we know what to do next time we need to record something. <laughs> yeah, that's well, true. Well, sir, you know, I don't know if we can find a Circuit City, but yeah. Um, so let's get to the uh, the verdicts here. Um, yeah. By the way, one dollar for every uh every dollar spent for every ten thousand nine hundred and thirty one dollars made so almost eleven thousand dollars for every dollar they spent that's insane all right so let's get to the verdict uh well you kind of ruined it with uh your opening so how did you what do you think Corey? i didn't ruin anything um yeah i i give a lot of props to the filmmakers and in terms of how they went about doing this uh behind the scenes we didn't really talk about it but uh they were actually off way out of camera range and uh were watching dailies from the from the, the from the day before and keeping up on everything that was going on they were also slipping notes to the actors saying okay um you know telling them what they needed to do that next day uh, and then the other actors didn't know what that was, so they were having to respond to this, um, to to the actions of the other actors, not knowing uh, what was to come. What so their their direct like. their their stage direction was anonymous to the other, yeah. the other people. Yeah, I mean, obviously they knew that the other actors were getting were getting stage direction because they were too, but they didn't know what to expect. So that kind yes, of and yeah, <laughs> so. Um, so I give them props for that and, and, and what they were doing, you know, like we said, shaking, shaking the tent. Did you get what I was over. saying there? Yes. And? Uh, <laughs> 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 Hold on. That was comedy gold. Yeah, thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Uh, so anyhow, uh, I give them all props for that and I give them props for, um, the marketing and whatnot, but. I, I don't I don't like the movie at all. I ne- so I didn't really then, and and I it, I still don't now. Long way to go for no. I, I wanted to give a clear and ex- ex- precise explanation. Well, let's make it interesting. I love the movie. I still do. Like I said, it's not a movie you watch over and over again. But around Halloween time, around fall, like I said, I think it's better to watch it at night in the dark, where you can kind of get more engaged and it's easier to suspend disbelief. Um, I think it's a fun movie. It's, there's still some parts that kind of creep me out. I think that's a really good ending, really creepy ending, and it takes me back to I remember going to watch it in the theater and how excited I was being 17 years old. 
So it is a yes for me, a no from Corey. Vic, it's on you. What's the what's your verdict? So much pressure. So, <clears throat> like I said, I didn't see the movie in the theaters. I remember just kind of coming across it and watching it. Um, found film is not one of my were, were not sorry. Let me let me say this. Were not one of my favorite things to watch as of recently because of a couple suggestions from you guys. I've started watching some of the other found footage things, and I think that they're a little bit better. Um, but this one in particular. Um, like Corey said, with all the, the, the positives to it, there are still just the, like, there are some annoying things that I couldn't really get wrapped my head around. But as far as entertainment value, it's an entertaining movie. So I'd say it, it makes it. Holy cow! I thought he was going rejection there. I did too. Uh, one other thing I didn't mention either is I didn't, f- I didn't find any of the characters likable. I, I found them all annoying too. I liked Mike. I thought he was funny. Because he was like laughing at her, like the, Mike. Mike was a sound guy, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because he was like he was sitting over in the, on the corner, like cracking up, laughing at her, like in the middle of all the like oh, crazy that's when tension he, and well, no, that's that's when he he was laughing about how he kicked the map into the river, right? But then he was laughing at her too. Like later on, he was laughing at her. He was just kind of because she was trying to get across. The, she was trying to get across. The oh road, yeah, yeah. And she was like flipping out. He's like laughing at her. So he took some of the tension off of the whole thing. But no. Like I said, yeah, it's it's so it's it, a weird movie. It goes into our Hall of Fame. It does. Congratulations to the Blair Witch Project, the BWP. Uh, now I think it's time for a little segment we like to call "What Would Jesus Watch?" What would Jesus watch? What would Jesus watch? Sponsored by the Obsessive Viewer Podcast. You guys still need to learn. You need to get that singing down, Barry. Anyway, um, so what would Jesus watch? Um, Look at this from a fucking peanut gallery. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it says that uh, it does have a moderately strong occult worldview where evil demonic forces are physically and mentally stronger than human beings and even God. No one gains any victory whatsoever against these evil forces. Also, the three heroes are hedonistic pagan characters with little moral awareness. They turn of they turn to lots of cursing and profane speech and hysterical arguing when things don't go their way. Unlike the appealing, sympathetic Jamie Lee Curtis character in the original Halloween, it may be hard for some viewers, if not many, to identify with the unlikable characters in the Blair Witch. So they actually agree with me that these characters are unlikable. Um, there was one thing up here that they say too. The Blair Witch may not fly with teenagers whose idea of horror is Jennifer Love Hewitt running around in a tight t-shirt screaming all the time while the psycho killer's on the loose. Those movies try to scare with blood, graphic murder, and even torture. Plus, you can't get away from all the noisy heavy metal soundtracks. The Blair Witch uh, Project happily has none of these. So they're like, yeah, pagan, satanic rituals, but at least there's no tits and, and heavy metal. Yeah. I was like, didn't, Jamie Lee Shirt, didn't Jamie Lee Curtis in that movie flash tits? Nope. No? She did not. Not mm. in, the, in the original Halloween. It was only PJ Souls. Not that I uh, remember that. Uh, Jamie Lee didn't <laughs> show Not that her. I remember that. Yeah. Not that there wasn't a whole word into the uh, VHS at that spot. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, I believe, didn't show her tits until uh, Trading Places. Hmm. Don't want to know why you have that information so ready and available. Locked in, locked but yeah, he doesn't know how some of the end of his own movies go. <laughs> but he knows exactly what movie Jamie Lee Curtis first shows her tits. Actually, uh, that's actually kind of a quote from Scream. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, moving on. <laughs> um, have you guys ever done any Blair witching where, like, you've gone out with friends to, like, little podunk areas 
and uh, you know, gone looking for ghosts. Believe it or not, several times. <laughs> really? I thought yeah. black people didn't look for ghosts, Vic. Uh, you thought know, you ran not, away from them. I'm not your average black Don't you know you'll be the first person no, that I'm goes the one, I'm, the, I'm the, the, the black guy. That's lives. why they take you? Oh, okay. <laughs> you're, the, you're the LL Cool J. Exactly, exactly. I lick my lips and everything. But um, no, the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, oh, hold on, Vic. Don't go too far. Oh, fuck. Okay, go ahead. I wasn't sure which one I was going to get. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm... That was pretty good. So go ahead. Um, yeah, no, it's um, actually as recently as like a year ago, um, a friend of mine's like, you have a lot of recording equipment, don't you? And I'm like, yes. And he's like, will you come do this with us? And I'm like, all right. So we took our stuff out there and I set everything up and set in this old garage where apparently... Um, this girl's grandfather had killed himself, um, as well as where he had like beat and abused her, her, her grandmother, um, until she committed suicide in the same place and like all this craziness. And we recorded for a while and it's weird because like your mindset is that you're waiting to hear something. Mm -hmm. So you're literally almost not breathing at times. And you're just kind of listening, and then you just hear things that are probably natural sounds. Yeah, you don't really pay attention to on a normal basis that are usually always. But you, yeah, there. You're at your mind now is yeah, making them into more. It's so keyed into it, and then at some point we did hear something that we couldn't figure out what it was, mm-hmm. and it wasn't anything that we heard because I wasn't, I didn't have headphones on, so I was just kind of listening, and then we went back and listened to it, and there's there's very visible, um, you know something on the actual audacity stream that shows there was some sort of sound there Mm -hmm. that we never heard while we were just listening. And there was like six of us in there and nobody heard anything, but there was visibly something going on there that we couldn't figure out. So like things like that, um, we gone to just like old, old houses. Like when I was younger, I remember going into this old house that was just, that had been abandoned for as long as I, we'd lived in that town Mm -hmm. and we would dare each other just kind of go in there. And like, we had to hang out in there for three hours some stupid shit like oh, that. Oh, shit. So. <laughs> like you had to go all the way up to the top floor, and you had to stay there for three hours before you can come out. Stupid stuff like that when you were a kid. Did you, did you lose your virginity playing 111 minutes in heaven? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> what about you, Corey? Uh, yeah, I think, I think I may have mentioned this on the show before, uh, but right after I had graduated from high school, some of us had gone to this uh, park. Uh, near Martinsville, just north of Martinsville, and that's Indiana. And uh, we had to go back through the woods at State Park, and apparently there is there was a woman. I'm not sure when the year was when she was actually killed, but she was supposedly killed back uh, back in these woods. And so, if you go back in there at a certain, you know, at nighttime, you can see her ghost. Now, I'll I'll say this: if if you don't know the area. Um, there's a lot of racial tension in this area. Martinsville is kind of known for uh, being a bit racist. And that's racist. What the fuck is going on here? Thank you. And so, so that that's where the whole story, uh, you know, why the the whole story is there because the lady was black. So, the, so apparently she was she was killed by by these uh, these racist people. I don't know if they're KKK. Corey's family. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> not denying it, just not sure. <laughs> so, so we decide. Uh, we decide to go back there. It's like three in the morning. We get back there, and uh, 
we we're all kind of quiet at one point and we start hearing these twigs breaking around us we're like oh <laughs> we got we got a bit scared so we took off running ended up going down this one path and we all stop and kind of look around and you can kind of vaguely see uh these like white spotches around us so we're all flipping the fuck out which in turn we ended up just taking off and running and yes we were all white but there was one black guy with us so that was that just made it even he more never stressful. made it out i have one black friend <laughs> yes, i had one black friend no, nah, but no, we ended up we ended up at a time bolting out of there, and we ended up going to a deeper part of the uh, of the park, and there was a place you could park, and uh, it, there's a guardrail there. So we get out of the cars, we walk down this path, and if you look farther farther enough down the path, you can see a cabin, and next to the cabin there was a car parked there. So as we get closer, we look, and the lights on the car flip on. I've never run so fast in my life. It was so it was so fucking scary. Yeah, it's the guy that lives in the cabin fucking with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah most likely. Yeah, yeah. So, you know how many fucking kids probably wander around his goddamn cabin? Yeah, he just has the button right. <laughs> He's got perimeters set up that let him know when people he, are close. Yeah, he probably had a trigger that once. We, yeah, once we like, walk yeah. by, the lights flip on. But yeah, that was the, that was uh, that was it. That was the only real thing we've talked about before going to the Hannah house. I don't know if you know they. You can stay overnight, and you can try and find out if there's any ghosts and see if you have. They give you like equipment and stuff, and you can see if uh, you record any ghosts. Well, I don't buy any of that bullshit. Um, I don't believe in ghosts or any of that. Um, just not my thing. But I do remember in high school we went and did. We would call it podunk runs. You'd go out to the middle, like a podunk area, just the middle of nowhere, and there was supposed like we were. Out on some street where you were supposed to, uh, where you were supposed to uh, hear like a baby scream or cry or something like that. If you park your car and turn off your lights, all this other bullshit that's not true. Um, but while we were doing that, a friend, me and a friend of mine went walking and investigating, and we saw this house. Now the weird thing about this house is it did look like we should have seen it on while we were in the car driving, but we didn't. And it was a white house, so it, it kind of stood out when we were walking. It was just like immediately right there. We saw it. So we went, we did go over and look, and uh, like we we got inside, and there was a locked freezer. It was an abandoned house, and we just left. I don't think there was ghost activities, but we may have been at the home of a serial killer. Was, was the freezer on? Was it plugged in? I don't remember. Like We just saw that it was locked. And then, like, the house settled or something, and we heard something. We thought somebody might have been there or whatever, so we just took off back out the, the basement window and, and got in the car and left. Uh, so you snuck in through a basement window? Mm-hmm. So you committed a crime. It was an abandoned... Okay, if it's, if it's not an abandoned house, it should be a condemned house. <laughs> <laughs> no one should be allowed Like, there was... Yeah, like, there was, there was, like, windows upstairs that didn't have windows. <laughs> so... I don't know. We didn't think There's anyone was living the there. And like the basement window thing wasn't, we didn't like break it or anything. We just opened it and right. fucking opened right up. So we crawled in to see, see what was going on. It was nasty as fuck. Yeah. But again, like I guess it was probably just the house settling, but we didn't want to take any chances. Yeah. We're more like black people. <laughs> I'm going to go to the car, drive to McDonald's or Speedway or something. So no, there's a lot of people and yep. lots of lights. <laughs> yep. I don't do, I don't play this shit. Yeah. Um, so if we were going to recast this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think really we only need to cast one part. Just one. 
and that is uh, Heather. Yes. Recast as Miley Cyrus. And here is <laughs> Miley's apology from the Blair Witch. I just want to apologize to Mike's mom, Josh's mom, my mom. I'm sorry to everyone, buddy. I was very naive. I'm so sorry for everything that's happened because in spite of what Mike says now, it's my fault, buddy, because it was my project, and I insisted. I insisted on everything. I insisted that we weren't lost. I insisted we keep going. I insisted we walk south, buddy. Everything had to be my way. And this is where we've ended up. And it's all because of me that we're here now. Hungry, cold, hunted. I love you, Mom. I love you, Billy. I'm so sorry. What is that? I'm scared to close my eyes. I'm scared to open them, buddy. We're going to die out here. Y'all. Oh, man. That you might be the best smile. It was straight face to him. I like that you said Billy. <laughs> Instead of dad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, the Blair Witch Project goes into our Hall of Fame. I have a feeling like every movie we've been doing lately has been going to the Hall of Fame. That's not true. No, that's not true. Actually, just a couple of movies ago, I believe something didn't Kids make didn't it. Kids didn't make it. Kids oh, didn't make it, yeah. Right, yeah. If you having girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems, but a bitch Which ain't one. <laughs> so this has been the Showdown Project. The Showdown Project. The showdown, showdown Project. Fuck it. This, this has been a clusterfuck of an episode. <laughs> this was going to be creatively one of our best things we'd ever done until Corey fucked it up. We fantastically fucked it up. I mean, it literally, that would have been so good. And it was such a perfect idea. To literally make us going through the plot of the Blair Witch acting out as the Blair Witch. It would have been such a good payoff at the end. We were going to have this thing where Corey did a showdown apology. But in the one bright spot of you fucking up, we did change it over to Miley. Recast doing the apology. And that, I think, came out pretty well. So for uh, for Vic, uh, I lived again through a horror episode, Miller. <laughs> Corey, I fucked up another episode, Miller. I am Brad Scott. This has been the Showdown Podcast. Keep listening. Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And with a twist of her wrist, she makes magic happen. A rabbit. Look, it's Salem the Cat. We love making magic with Sabrina. Sabrina loves Salem. Sabrina's so pretty in her sparkly gown. She's the coolest witch around. Harvey Kinko's so cute. <laughs> She's making magic for Harvey. We love making magic. A trophy. With Sabrina. Sabrina the Teenage Witch comes with Salem's spellbook, Hat and Rabbit.